Hello, Gen Xers. Welcome back to the Gen X Water Cooler Podcast. Boy, what a week we've had, huh? Uh, that debate, boy, was that something else. Um, a lot a lot of things I took away from that, and I think I'll probably start by saying that was the first presidential debate that I've watched probably since 2012, I would say, uh, back when, if you remember that debate, when Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney just completely embarrassed uh, Barack Obama at the time. Um, but since then, I, I just haven't um, been able to bring myself to watch, you know, just too too cynical about, you know, so much of the presidential races and, and how how it had, you know, all these campaigns have devolved into, you know, celebrity races. And I, I just could never bring myself to watch. But I, I did uh, with this one, um, mainly because I wanted to, it was curious to see if, you know, Joe Biden would trip over himself um, and and say, you know, something uh, very Biden-esque. <laughs> but I think what we got is, it was, was really just kind of a complete disgrace all the way across the board. I, I can't fathom any other way that everybody involved couldn't come out of that just embarrassed. Um, uh, and my initial thought was, who prepared these guys? You know, who, who on both the respective campaigns prepared President Trump, prepared uh, Joe Biden for this debate? And this is what came out. It just, it, it, it boggled my mind. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, um, both from a preparedness standpoint, from an etiquette standpoint, from um, handling the rules of the debate and having a back and forth. It, it was just embarrassing. Uh, I, I, I can't believe that someone or a couple people on both campaigns are not going to be fired over what we saw. It was, it was just a complete train wreck. And, uh, also I think we, we definitely can't let Chris Wallace off the hook. I mean, he was absolutely, absolutely terrible. I, and in seeing his, responses uh, after and seem how he's just it seems to be completely obtuse as to how he performed as a moderator in that debate um it was probably not too surprising i mean probably speaks more to his ego um but he clearly was just not able to handle that as a debate he after the first couple of questions it seemed to devolve into a Sunday talk show where he would ask a question and then have a back and forth with whoever he was asking the question to instead of asking a question, having the candidates respond, kicking it to the other one, and moderating a debate. But he, particularly with, with President Trump, would just went back and forth and would follow up directly again and again, and it became very argumentative, and it just fed into this whole back and forth that was going on. And when you, particularly now when when you look back and he he will say that President Trump interrupted 147 times or, or whatever it may be. When you look back to the start of the debate, he asked President Trump a, a question and Trump came out, which was a little bit refreshing, where instead of coming out with the the canned response of, I like to thank the you know University of Cleveland and and you as the moderator, blah, 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 you know, like they always do at the very beginning of, of a debate. And say he just came out, you know, guns ablaze and just, you know, started firing off on all cylinders, asking his question or answering the question, which he did. And then he kicked it over to Joe Biden, who answered his question. 
and then the rebuttal came to President Trump and Biden started uh, interjecting and interrupting exactly like he did in 2012 when he was uh, debating um, Senator Ryan. And he just interrupted dozens of times in that debate. And he, he did that again. And that kind of set the stage. And, and President Trump was not savvy enough to to just let that go. Um, but ultimately, that falls on the shoulders of Chris Wallace, whether that's because of bias or because of incompetence. You can decide, but he he certainly uh, would bear his share of the blame just as the participants. Uh, ultimately, I think you know nobody was presidential. I think all three of them should be embarrassed how how that uh, came came about, and I I can't help but think that absolutely zero minds were changed. I can't, I, I can't imagine any any undecided voter tuning into that debate and thinking, yeah, that's my guy, or he makes a good point, that's where I'm going to go, or not just be completely turned off to that whole train wreck. Um, and I just can't, just can't help but wonder, if, if can we ever get to an intellectual exchange of ideas? Can we not have a genuine back and forth and and let voters decide who they're going to to go with, or is it just going to be uh, political pot shots and and political posturing? It, 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 it's we've gone so far off the rails with this. It's it's just hard to see any, this anything other than an embarrassment all the way around. So, my re- initial reactions on on uh, on everybody. Uh, first things first. Uh, Joe Biden. I think he was utterly incoherent. Um, and, and he had many moments where I, I think he ought to be embarrassed and it was just completely unbecoming of someone per- participating at that level, um, from him telling Trump to shut up, calling him a clown, calling him a racist. And maybe he actually thinks that maybe that's party talking points. Maybe that's just Joe being Joe. I don't know. But in that setting, even if you think it, even if it's true, it's embarrassing embarrassing for for a candidate to lay it out like that is just unbecoming of what that process ought to be and the fact that we are at this point and where someone could or can a candidate of a major party could behave that way and say those things to a sitting president of the united states is an embarrassment and maybe you can win points to the trolls on twitter i don't know but the fact that that's where he went was a disgrace. Um, Chris Wallace, again, I think he was a completely dishonest effort. Um, and, and one of his, his first issues, again, maybe the whole Sunday talk show nonsense that he's used to, but his questions were way too long and way too wordy, way too multi-layered. And he would ramble on and on and on. And Chris, this is not about you. This is not your debate. You ask a direct, succinct question and you get out of the way. You let them respond, you let them answer, you let them have a back and forth, but he couldn't do that. He had these long, long, wordy questions where Trump and Biden would want to start to answer his questions before he was done, and it just fed this this dynamic of them just talking over each other and yelling at each other and him trying to get getting frustrated and coming back at them, and he blames the candidates for it. Chris, that's on you. Your questions were too long, they were too wordy, and they were childish. You just were completely incompetent and unable 
to facilitate and moderate a genuine debate. Um, President Trump, um, I think he missed a, a golden opportunity to let, let Biden just hang himself. And I think one thing that he should learn and is, is it would be wise for him to know when you're debating somebody who is dishonest and who is prone to lie, whether it's any Democrat or Joe Biden himself, you should be wise enough to give them enough rope to hang themselves. You do not need to hit the voters over the head with a sledgehammer to point it out. You let him do it on his own. He rescued Biden over and over and over again when he was spewing nonsense and he couldn't help but just interrupting and stepping all over what Biden was saying. Rather than letting Biden take himself out and having a clear distinction between those two candidates, um, he, he bailed him out time and time again. And the focus, instead of, of Biden's incoherence and Biden's uh, lack of, of aptitude, the focus became quickly on uh, President Trump and his behavior during the debate and... Um, it it, it it just didn't need to happen. Um, but that's uh, the way the night went. Um, uh, next, uh, one of the, an example of, of Biden's incoherence is um, at one point he criticized President Trump for locking down the economy, um, which is odd because for the most part, the locking down the economy was on the part of the Democrat governors. Uh, look here in Illinois, uh, J.B. Pritzker has locked down the economy since March. However, in, in South Dakota, um, Governor uh, Noemi over there, she refused to. And it's been a completely different experience in, in South Dakota as it has been in all of the blue states, whether it's Illinois or New York or California. Um, the, those economies have, have uh, responded quite differently because of the Democrat governors locking things down. I mean, in fact, in, in California th this past week, Disney has had to furlough and let go 28,000 employees from their parks and entertainment division. Why? Well, that's because they have been unable to reopen the Disneyland parks in California. They have in Florida, and Governor DeSantis has taken criticisms over and over again for doing that, but... They are open in Florida, and the parks are up and going. That's not the case in California. And they, Disney's had to let go 28,000 employees as a result of that. And somehow in Joe Biden's world, that's Trump's fault. Trump locked down the economy. Well, no, sir, he didn't. That is Gavin Newsom who did that. That's not President Trump. But yet he... He tried to hang that on President Trump, and, and of course Wallace let him get away with that. And then he also let him get away with later on in the economy, or later on in the debate, rather. He uh, said he would. There's no way we could open the economy until we have a vaccine. Well, which is it, Biden? <laughs> is is 
President Trump incompetent and at fault for the economy being locked down? Or should we keep things locked down until we have a vaccine? You can't have it both ways. But he floated that out there and, and got away with it. And it was, it was fairly dumbfounding. The other most dumbfounding answer that he gave, and it was right away, was when he was asked whether he would pack the court. And his answer was complete nonsense. And he, first of all, he refused to say it. He just said something of, along the lines of, well, the, that'll come later at that point, and that'll be the issue. And he went on and said nothing. And, well, of course, we obviously know the answer is, heck, yeah, he wants to to pack the court. Heck, yeah, he wants to put a bunch of liberals on the court. But he just won't go out there and say it. Um, he just said something, well, that you, but you have to go out there and vote. What, what, what does that mean? And in somehow in Chris Wallace's world, that's an answer to the question. It was just bizarre. Um, also, um, both... Biden and Wallace conflated um, absentee balloting versus mail-in voting, and that, and that's just something that uh, again I, I wish you know Trump would have hammered them a little bit harder on, um, because those are obviously not the same, but it's it, but they they like to conflate the two because that is you know part of the Democrats' desperate attempt to be able to to further steal elections and to, and to you know, further, you know, commit uh, a voter fraud under the guise of, of enfranchising voters out there. And it's just, it, it's strange, but he, he let that go. And I, I, I wish Trump would have uh, been a little bit sharper to, um, to hammer that one home, but uh, he didn't. And that, that was definitely a, a lost opportunity. Um, but but we'll, we'll, we'll see if, if, if that's something that can get highlighted a little bit more this week in the vice presidential debate. And then also when, when there is that weird uh, episode of, of the Proud Boys coming up and, and uh, Trump kind of stepping over himself, his own words where he said, stand, stand by when really meant to say stand down. And of course the, you know the the Twitterazzi just took off with with that, and and in in that exchange, Biden said that you know Antifa is not a theory is, is a theory. It's not a group. Uh, uh, uh what? <laughs> what what is have of all these riots been uh, in Portland for um, months on end? Um, what, what, all the all the the BLM rioting that's been going on for months on end. Um, these are just theories. These aren't groups. Uh, no, dude, they are groups. And maybe if they're not groups, maybe they're simply Democrats. Maybe they are, you know, liberal Democrats who are just out of their minds with hatred of the of the the current president, and they just want to riot and loot and burn stuff. Uh, it can't be both, dude. Um, the, the fact that this is just a theory, uh, and and the fact that he was able to get away with that answer. Uh, was just stunning, um, um, and then also when and another point that that Wallace was just you know, seemed to be out of his depth and and unfortunately uh, um, 
President Trump didn't seem to be prepared enough to answer this question. And again, that's someone on his staff needs to be fired for not being able to be better prepared to answer this one. But when he equated racial sensitivity training to critical race theory, and he just continued to assert that, that was truly, truly bizarre. You know, having worked in corporate America, I understand well what racial racial sensitivity training is, and that critical race theory is not the same. Critical race theory is overtly racist. It's overtly racist to minorities. It is not the same as racial sensitivity training. The fact that uh, President Trump has banned that from um, from federal from the federal uh, uh, force is completely appropriate. Uh, it is damaging to children, and I wish he would have been able to make that point a little bit more clearly. But um, but again, because the the debate had become so contentious, and he he wasn't in a in a uh, frame of mind where he could answer that coherently, and uh, that was certainly a lost opportunity. Um, and then the other weirdly weird thing that has persisted throughout the week was when he was asked to condemn white white supremacy. Um, but is the the basis of that question assuming he actually supports it? I mean, he has said over and over again, as as Kaylee McEnany has 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 asserted, and even tweets from uh, Acosta back in 2017, where President Trump has over and over again condemned racism, condemned white supremacy. That came out in a debate. In fact, Wallace asked him that same question in 2016, and he's asking him again. That was just, it was bizarre, it was hostile, and it was just unbecoming of asking a president that when he has stated over and over again first that he is against it, and the the premise of that question being that what he he is, we all know he is, and now we want him to to assert otherwise. Just strange, 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 strange. But again, that was kind of the theme of the night. But to me, I, I can't help but think that you know this is what happens when a race for the presidency has divulged into celebrity culture, and we have seen that over the better part of 20 to 25 years, where rather than candidates making making uh, their party's nomination based on their qualifications and based on their aptitude, it's based on celebrity. Um, the fact that Kanye West has gotten any buzz at all is because of his celebrity. It's not because of his ability to be a president, but the fact that he's Kanye gets gets him attention same thing with donald trump he other than being a successful businessman he was all, he's also been a celebrity since the 70s uh and people have known his name because he even though he's a businessman he was a celebrity and it doesn't take much for celebrities to catapult themselves on to the national stage i mean look at look at the rock came out and endorsing biden as though we care but presidential politics and our celebrity culture have now become one in the same and it's and it's a shame um, but this is what happens when when that's the case and it's a perfect example why Gen X and people like me in, in Gen X are very cynical when it comes to uh, presidential politics um, it's 
We, we just simply distrust authority, particularly when it comes to federal authority, even at the state level, but particularly national politics, we're just completely uh, cynical. We're very apathetic um, because of that. And um, th- what we saw last Tuesday was the perfect e- example of that. Um, hopefully, it, if they continue on with more debates, we can see some more tact. We can see a more honest exchange. I won't hold my breath, but hopefully that's where uh, this has headed. We'll see if we make any progress in that direction on Wednesday when when Vice President Pence uh, debates Kamala Harris. Um, but uh, we'll see. And ho- hopefully Pence will have contacted uh, good old Tulsi Gabbard to to get some tips for her when when Tulsi single-handedly ended Kamala's uh, campaign for president when when she laid bare her record as attorney general in California and and uh, maybe some more of that can come out on Wednesday night but but we'll see um, but other you know significant uh, you know follow-ups from that um, ever evolving day by day. The fact that uh, President Trump and uh, the First Lady and many other prominent Republicans have tested positive for COVID, uh, it's, that's been a, a, a weird thing to see. Uh, when you have so many prominent Republicans who have tested positive, and it, it, it evolves by the day from the President and the First Lady to Senator, um, Senator Lee and Senator Johnson, um, Kaylee McEnany, uh, and on down with all these prominent Republicans in a very short amount of time testing positive. You know, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm not a tinfoil hat guy, but that smells dirty. Um, particularly when it comes to Democrats who will do anything it can, they can to, to get power. I would not be surprised one, one bit if we find out that that was somehow, uh, purposefully done by by the Democrats. I mean, we're talking about a party who, four years ago, their nominee and their candidate for president to distract from her issue of using personal email servers to conduct business as Secretary of State, she came up with this idea, floated this idea to, to accuse uh, Donald Trump of colluding with Russians and being Putin's puppet, and that eventually floated itself to then President Obama and then Vice President Biden, who took that idea and pushed it forward to 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 subpoena and 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 entrap members of the incoming cabinet and to eventually lead to what ended up being an impeachment trial. Um, I mean, this that was clearly not a peaceful transition of power. Um, they were trying some kind of soft coup. Um, and this is what they did four, four years ago. You think for a second they wouldn't be capable of in, intentionally spreading COVID? I mean, that would be very easy for me to connect those dots. Um, I, I just wouldn't trust any, any Democrats, particularly any Democrats wanting presidential power uh, for one second. But that's uh, that's where we are. Uh, we'll, we'll see how this this week goes with 
with uh, the vice presidential debates and with the follow-up from from the those covid uh those covid uh, positive tests and, and as Pres- president trump gets released from the hospital and and gets back to his normal routine we'll see how that one pans out and so obviously those are the those are the biggest issues of the day um on the more uh, you know trivial side of things um watching the baseball playoffs you know i had had my heart broken a little bit by my chicago cubs having their their offense go completely silent and not being able to to perform the way that we've seen them in the past has been been a rough a rough watch but at least we did get to see something um but on the flip side it was nice to see the white Sox uh also go down in the first round although the way the the baseball media has uh, reported things over the winter and, and through the shutdown. I'm surprised that the White Sox and the Reds did not win the World Series as they had almost been assured us that they would. But here, here we go. The both the central divisions did not perform well in the playoffs, and and now we're we're left with uh, true divisional playoff rounds with the AL East playing themselves. Uh, same thing with the, the NL East and the NL West and the AL West. We'll see how how it comes out, but. I, 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 it seems that the uh, the Dodgers are on a, on a collision course to ending their World Series drop. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, the NFL um, kind of have almost one eye to it. Um, you've been completely turned off by all of the the political wrangling that that is that made its way into the the NFL. Um, kind of watching, mostly not. Uh, it, it's it's been tough to to not be apathetic towards that and 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 apparently the nba still exists too uh but there i'd be none the wiser if if you told me that uh that they have have gone the way of of china i don't know so that's what we got uh this week uh, look forward to touching base again next week and and hopefully uh the, the world will calm down a little bit but it, between now and election day, it, it, it seems like it more more likely to see things only uh, get a little bit more crazy and and uh, and topsy turvy. We'll see how it goes. But till then, stay cool, Gen X.